0: ladies and gents, it's that time, turn up your speaker, strap on a smile, it's The
1: Sims and Lepco Podcast! Here's your host,
2: Adam Lepco and... Oh, baby, okay. Oh, baby, okay. Shut your mouth. This is episode 49. Let's go back to episode 48, the yawn edition. We need a little recap. Oh, oh yeah, here's great important points. Let's talk about championship. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, hold on. Let's just stop shooting. Are you good? Are you all right? Was I a little boring for you there? Uh, this is only the Sims and Go podcast. Oh, here's yawn number two at the end of the podcast. Man. Great having a host with energy. You know? Awesome job, Josh. Good I, stuff. Uh, I had no idea that was going to happen, <laughs> so I
0: appreciate you doing that. I thought you were going to... That's why I'm, I have coconut water, which you've already to me as being a sugar-based product. Yes, yes. I wanted to have some energy. Okay, I'm fine with that. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm Cup proud of, of you guys. Yep. Josh, you, you... When a asked, I deliver. For those only listening on audio, they just replayed it in black and white. Yes. Me yawning. You yawning. On your Episode own 49, all right, okay. <laughs> Do you got a 49? My 49
2: turd. is Dennis Smith, safety for the Denver Broncos back in the day. You remember Dennis Smith, the guy? Yes. Uh, one of
0: the big hitters coming downhill. So I just looked it up because I didn't have yeah, any okay. Tony Richardson. Mm, that's a big good name fullback. Yep. Bobby yep. Mitchell. Half Bobby. for halfback for Washington and uh Cleveland. A lot of records back in the day. Bobby Mitchell.
2: Uh, I know, but he wore 30 in Washington, didn't he, I thought? I don't know. Maybe I just saw forty nine. But You the, got a good uh, 49 for us? Uh, no good Rutgers
1: players that wore 49, but Paul Shucks. Kaplan, our coordinating producer here at Bleacher Report, threw out Ron Guidry this morning Ooh, as his nomination. Oh, that's
0: a good one. Ron Guidry, that, that is, courtesy
2: of Paul Kaplan. Way so, to go. Ron Guidry. Like got to give him a yeah, shout-out That is out a good one.
0: All right. Let me see the stinky fingers. They're not stinky. Uh, his aren't stinky? No, he's married. They're clean. Ugh. Yeah. Gabe's a, they, Gabe's a dirt ball. Gabe yeah, is yeah, in Gabe, Mobile. You're not here. You're still a dirt Ball. <laughs> let's see the control room please let's see those beautiful smiling faces oh, oh it's a packed house we've got everybody Hi, oh man oh Hi, sliding Brentfo. up there's george there he is all right good i'm glad he's uh, here. uh george george uh, George is eating george was eating chicken wings and three-day-old pizza we got michelle running stuff back there she's always killing that's what it. she does we have uh, an awesome show we're going to really dig into the film room uh, we're going to break down the two championship game matchups, of course, explain what happened. It's rare that you really get to see all of the right, film. Right. We're going to go over that. We're going to discuss Peyton Manning's legacy. And I know it's going to. it sounds kind of dumb, but I feel like we're going through a, a huge seismic shift in our brain. In 20 years, we're going to look back and go, man, I thought Peyton was one thing. And we're going to have Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network live right. down there at the Senior Bowl. Right. Some information about that. Talking about what it's like being the NFL lead reporter for NFL Network. Right, you were with him there in New England. Kind of talk about how he got to where he is and what sure. the heck is going yeah. on. Yeah,
2: I didn't know him in New England, but of course he was just coming to his end of covering I can't the team. People, you guys did that to me. Yeah. What? The oh, yawn. the, got yawn. You, the I mean, you yawned
1: twice on the I podcast. Your own right. podcast, dude.
0: I that podcast I got done, and I had you to leave done. work. Right. I mean, I had to. I collapsed into trooper. like right. a coma for yeah. seven hours. Coma. <laughs> It's a coma that's even worse. It's a coma. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get this game out the of the Manning way. The in conversation is going to be good, though. It's going to be really it good. Is. And we have a very interesting on-the-down-low that I'm super excited for. Okay, uh, Carolina-Arizona. I want to get this one out of the way. Yeah. Because, man, this was disappointing. Yes. First and foremost, guess which two people went 0-2 in championship weekend? Yes, we, we did. We thought it was going to be Patriots versus Cardinals instead. It's the matchup that I called... The most boring possible matchup, <laughs> Broncos-Panthers. And now that we have it, right. I don't think it's boring at all. Yeah, no. Now I think Cam versus that defense is going to be great. So let's see how we got here. Yeah. You've watched the film. Yep. Carolina's defense against what the heck happened, Carson Palmer, Arizona offense. Can you explain to us a team that I thought could be a Super Bowl champion? Right. Man, do they look good? Was it all the finger? What did you see on film of Arizona's offense? Uh,
2: I I have a hard time believing it's the finger for one reason. I think I told you this yesterday. You were watching at least some or most of that film with me. Right. And the one thing I, I will say, I'm not gonna make an excuse for Carson Palmer's finger because he was throwing a lot of spirals. That leads me to believe that he had control of the football. When you're throwing a spiral, the, then you're doing everything right to get the ball where it needs gotcha. to go. You're doing all the proper mechanics. So a,
0: messed up, a really messed up finger, you're you going would, to see a change uh, in the ball. You
2: would certainly, yes. Okay. So
0: I, I can't say that I saw anything there. I did see there. Carson jumping around a lot, being frustrated well, with himself.
2: Well, that is where – I mean, we have to start there. Carson throwing the football is was a letdown. Both games was a letdown. He made some phenomenal throws in the, in the, the first playoff game against the Packers. But this game, he was out of sync from the start, whether it was some deep posts down the field. Yeah, the ones he's jumping around, the check downs to the back. There was a lot of hoping, a lot of, oh, I hope that's complete. Uh, Feet were jumpy in the pocket. Yes. Never really gotten a rhythm, and a lot of that is because of Carolina's defense. Carolina's defense is for real right now. Carolina's
0: D-line, were they as impressive against Arizona as they were against Seattle?
2: Probably not as impressive, but still extremely impressive to where, I mean, they dominated right tackle, Bobby Massey, Massey, uh, Bobby Massey, excuse me. He was dominated back in Carson Palmer's uh, face a whole lot, and then, yeah that that interior part and we talked about it in videos all week i u potty Sendline larson yes kwan charts Unblockable, unblockable right now. Unblockable. He is. He is, un- he is unblockable. You're saying
0: he's more important to that team than Luke Keekley
2: I think right now he is their best defensive player. That's he ba- allows Keekley and Thomas Davis to have free reign to just run like wild men. We
0: were talking about this before because I know that there was debate about how great Mike Singletary is. And yes. We were talking about how it's funny when there's a great defense that so much of the praise goes to the middle linebacker Right. when really the greatest defense is it starts up front. Yes. That's where you're always going to find yes. it. And the linebackers, but don't get me wrong. Keekly, watching him on film, yeah, I mean, he, no one goes sideline to sideline. He's amazing. But I did think on the film, right? watching David Johnson have, have success. Yes. I wonder, do you get a little Hillman in there on some wheels? Sure. How, how do they – and look, the Patriots attacked the Broncos too with the running backs and stuff, but their running backs couldn't get it yeah, done. Yeah,
2: and, and I don't think with, with David Johnson – I mean, first of all, David Johnson is a better runner than anybody the Broncos got, and I would say the Cardinals' offensive line is better than the Broncos' offensive We're gonna line. We're going to break down the Super so Bowl that's later. that's going to be an interesting Let little see. thing so to watch. So
0: Carolina's offense, yeah. Arizona's defense. Yes. You thought this Arizona's defense was going to be a formidable foe. What did you see from Carolina that left you super impressed? Yeah,
2: I, I, well, I'm mad at myself a little bit and uh, because I think uh, when I started to do the videos and talk about it a lot, what, what the most amazing thing about Carolina's offense right now is their offensive line. We know Cam is amazing, yeah. but their offensive line in the run game and their pass protection, we haven't seen anybody get within five feet of Cam in the playoffs yes. other than just somebody not open for seven seconds then he tries to make something run. Uh, they really hurt they Hurt Cardinals missing Tyron Matthew. Mm. And the Cardinals, if they're going to play that style of defense, probably need another legit cover corner regardless. What happened is some of their blitzes early on, they protected. Didn't there, they didn't yeah. get there. That left Rashad Johnson one-on-one downfield, which is something we talked about. Yes, we were very we scared of. Uh, so that is really what happened. And then after that, Arizona became scared to blitz. And then they became kind of vanilla. And that's not really their style of play. And Carolina just had the mojo gone. And what happens in games like that is... You know it's do or die. You start to press when you're the team that's down a lot. And then that snowballs into more and more mistakes.
0: Man, I I love Cam Newton. I love the pictures. I love that he has lived up to every moment. I want to say one thing. Yeah. Uh, It's funny because we did a video, Hidden Truth, where you said that the secondary of Arizona went from their biggest strength to one of their biggest weaknesses. And it ended up being the case with Rashad Johnson, Tony Jefferson, Bethel being put on islands and being taken advantage of. I got some tweets from people saying, man, Rashad Johnson, look at his stats and all this stuff. Yeah, I want to say something right. to, to fans everywhere. Yeah. Everything that we say is not going to be fact, obviously. Look at the teams that made the Super Bowl. We were completely wrong. Right. But Sims is watching film at a point where you're going to see trends. If you're gonna, If you're going to argue about film with statistics, you need to realize that the statistics really don't mean anything. They don't. I mean, Rashad Johnson is a great player. I think he's a very good player. Right. But a lot of his interceptions, having a lot of interceptions does not mean that you're a nothing. good player. Right. It actually means that people are probably throwing your way more because they don't want to go up against Or you just got Peterson, fortunate or, or lucky. Or the ball bounced right. the right way. Right. I mean, how many times have you seen an, a quarterback throw an interception it deflects off a guy? So it, there is no right in sports. I, I feel like this is an opportunity that I want the simpson Go podcast. This is not us telling you what's going to happen. Right. It's observations. Right. You can totally disagree. Because of the first takiness of sports, one side's white, one side's wrong. Excuse me, right or wrong. It's not the case. It's not how sports works. No. And that's not how life works. Right. That was my philosophical rant. I wish I had a podium.
1: and by the way, the intention of a website like PFF is right. to grade plays based on what you're talking about. So if a guy exactly. has an interception that's thrown right to him, then it doesn't count. Yeah, I, I
0: will say not. I mean, I appreciate all the guys at PFF. I don't. I think it's, sometimes it's impossible. But yeah, you can't on get things. it right all the time. You look can at all the just, analytics in baseball, exactly. and we still can't be like that guy is going to be great. Why? Well, I
2: mean, look at some of the great coordinators that can't even figure out the team they're playing, the coverage they're playing. So how is somebody at PFF d- d- just concrete knowing exactly, exactly the assignments of what the defense is Speaking doing?
0: Speaking of defenses right. doing crazy. Coverage yeah. New England-Denver. So we kind of skimmed through Carolina-Arizona. Yeah, that was, was an a obvious game. New England-Denver, during the game we were sitting there, and you were going, before your dad said it, man, Denver's doing some stuff I haven't seen. Right. Drop and cover three, all that stuff. Right. Then we watched the film. We're going to break down New England's overs as Denver's D because I think that's fascinating. Yeah. But I want to start off with Peyton. Right. I thought they did some different stuff, too. They did a lot. Denver's little. O versus New England's D. Yeah. What did you see on the film? Well, what did you come away with?
2: I, I think the biggest thing we have to talk New England whooped the crap out of Denver's yes. offense. We're, we're talking about Denver and their great game, and, and deservedly so, because – New England's offense was a much better unit than Denver's offense, but New England's defense was extremely impressive. I mean, both touchdowns came off of Tom Brady interceptions, uh, short fields, right? And that's where they got two double moves on Jamie Collins. They They took advantage of Jamie Collins his aggressive nature, and the fact that he's so talented yes. that really the New England Patriots trust him. In some really how tough...
0: impressive was Jamie Collins in the second half?
2: Well, Jamie Collins was the best linebacker on the field in the game, maybe the best defensive player overall. I think he was. I mean, we watched the game together. It was the first thing we did Monday morning. Yeah. And Jamie Collins was all over the place, All sacks, the place. running plays,
0: coverage, and, and really did not matter. The fact that he was even put in that position for yeah, the Patriots right. shows how good he is. Yes. That they'll put him on an island. Yes. But what New England's defense? Did it make you confident with Denver in the Super Bowl, or not as much confident? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the
2: interesting thing going into that matchup too, because we said that we were watching the game, and you when you sit there, you go, okay, they're gonna. It looks like their their plan of attack was play man to man on Peyton Manning, make him make some throws, mm. which is really good. I understand the thought, but also in playing man-to-man, you also can let him off the hook so as well because now you throw 50-50 balls or, Emmanuel you, just, Sanders, or you double yards. move a guy yes. and things like that. And now Peyton doesn't really have to make a throw. He's fooled the guy. The guy's wide open. Let me just get it in the general area. So it's almost uh,
0: better to play zone. I, it might be. And listen, I Carolina thought Carolina
2: does. was going to have an issue with their zone against Arizona. Uh, but Carolina right now does change up a little bit what they're doing zone wise. They're also probably deep diving deeper into you know offenses. Uh, uh, their repetition, repetition, and their exactly. Tendencies. Their tendencies. Excuse me. Right. So uh, I think it it could be very interesting. It could be a lot like Denver, Seattle two years ago. Yes. I had a hard time believing it would be a blowout like that, but it's a front four. In Carolina, you don't have to blitz. You have seven other guys in coverage. They're all looking at the quarterback. And now Peyton Manning is going to have everybody reacting to every move he makes. And I don't know if he has the arm strength to jam it into some of those tight zones. 2
0: years ago, it was Denver is the unstoppable offense, right. Seattle is the incredible defense. Right. Now it's Denver's the unstoppable defense yeah. versus this Carolina offense. Right. And uh, Carolina,
2: I mean, they broke the record this year for most points in a season, right? I, I believe. I can find know, which out. is which is impressive.
0: Uh, I will say this though, I think that's the simplicity of when Denver's offense was on the field. Right. Two double moves. One C.J. Anderson run, right, one 40, 50 yard bomb to Emmanuel Sanders that exactly set up right. another field Which goal. Which is an unbelievable That was catch. all their points. New England dominated Dante Hightower was yes. everywhere. Jamie Collins was everywhere. Butler, I think, was a little bit tentative, yep. but he still played a really good game. Yeah,
2: especially early he was tentative.
0: But right. their defense, I mean, look at the stats. 240-something the yards stats. total offense, There's I the believe. stats. Flip it around. Yeah. Denver's defense. Right. How did they do that to New England?
2: Yeah, well, Denver did. uh, This is the most impressive thing of all. I mean, Wade Phillips basically changed a lifetime of DNA and tendencies. Break
0: down what Wade was and why you doubted him.
2: Well, I doubted Wade because I didn't think he was capable of change. I knew this defense has special talent. I just was like, oh, against the really good offenses and the good offensive designers like a Josh McDaniels. Wade has tendency. Wade loves to play aggressive man-to-man. He blitzes. He plays man-to-man behind it. And when he doesn't play man-to-man, he plays quarters, four-cross zone, which,
0: which against the Patriots. So explain quarters. Quarters
2: is you know safety, safety corner, corner, and they all have a quarter of the field. Yeah, in which so it's like it's like vertical.
0: For. So actually, if you look at the screens here, if you had a corner there, a safety there, a corner there, the corner's responsible for this part of the field. Yeah. So if a guy crosses over. Like that, like a slant, it really messes them up. It
2: messes up. Or you if you could picture this, you got a safety corner, you sit the tight end in front of that safety. Now the safety's gonna come down on the corner, right. and that's when you see try to throw a post over the top. Then right. You see, yeah, exactly. So that becomes very vulnerable for big plays, and you leave your corners in a lot of and vulnerable he didn't positions. Do that. He did not do that. What he, did he do? He changed up fronts, personnel sets. Sometimes it was two linemen with three linebackers, and they're playing a three-down set. Guys standing up, some some are bluffing the blitz, some are actually blitzing, but I think I mean, the thing Von that was Miller awesome,
0: checking Gronk every we time. saw
2: three-man rushes with yes. man-to-man on the outside, basically playing zone in the middle of the field to right. stop all the crossers. We saw unbelievable zones where eight guys drop, and they basically played man-to-man only on Gronk, right. and then we saw some creative blitzes off of that. Uh, but I did not think D, uh, just the DNA of yeah. Wayne Phillips... Could change, and I really think looking at the game and watching it on film, I really think that's what New England thought. I think New England looked at it and goes, maybe he gives us a few snaps of this coverage yes. that we saw against Pittsburgh. It, it
0: was it was incredible to watch the film with you right. because you were going he is changing it up every drive yes. to where Josh can't figure out can what can to do now. Josh never catch on, right. And, and what was really interesting is, every single time Gronk came out, it was either Shaquille Barrett or Von Miller, not just hitting him, yes. but running with him for about right. two yards. Hitting him, going up the field with him, disrupting yes. him, then and coming what, to rush. And what they did was, they sat in a zone right beyond the defensive line right. for all those Patriots crossers, right. and they were just covering space. They were just standing there in pass the way. pass him off. Oh, you're in your area. Because they weren't afraid of anyone in New England going deep. Right. Which is why they started doing all those wheel routes and those dumps. But did you see Brandon Lafell? Did you see Martin? They were non existent. Yeah. And it was it was pretty, pretty darn impressive. Yeah, they're gonna, And
2: their run defense is amazing. Uh, it is extreme well, this is a special defense. This is the most talented defense in football.
0: To that point, Sean yep. Elway came out after the game and said, this is the best defense I've seen in 30 years. Right.
2: I mean, let's think about the start of the year. 6-0, it pick wasn't
0: because of their pick offense. Pick six on Joe Flacco. Right. Yeah, they won a lot Fumble of those recovery, games. recovery,
2: Jamal Charles. I mean, they, they, remember right. that early on the year. They oh, and a- you know
0: what? That is a sign to me. Like, remember the Bears defense in like 0-3 with Erlacher, him or whatever, like that? It's it's There's something about a defense that causes a lot of yeah, turnovers that was 05. and scores. I 05, against that team, right? And they score a lot of points. That's when you start getting talked about as the great defense. No and doubt they about did it. that this they year. They
2: definitely did that. They won games with their defense despite Peyton Manning having games of two, three, four interceptions. So that was unbelievable. I think what always uh, stopped me from putting them in one of the great defensive classes, like a Seahawks of two years ago or the Ravens, whatever it may be. Was their scheme? I just said the scheme is not going to get it done. What made Seattle great was Seattle was playing a coverage that the NFL could not figure mm. out yet. So it was a scheme with talent where you're like, wow, they're but special. But then, isn't it more impressive to Bears, you know about a The forty-six defense, right? The invention
0: of the forty-six, right, right? But then, isn't it more impressive that it was such a simple scheme? It is a little bit. It is
2: now. I would say maybe uh, I, I don't know. Statistically, they're probably close to some of those great defenses. That's what throughout we're going to have year. to. We look. need to look at Tampa Points Bay two thousand two. Check it out on
1: BleacherReport.com num- next week. It'll be they there. They weren't okay. even
0: the number one scoring defense this year. That was Seattle. Yes. And if you're not number one, it's hard to have that saying that you're the in the league that year. I agree. But when you go through position for position. Well, the depth of this Denver defense is insane. It's scary. Lay it out.
2: Yeah. Well, I think if you go to the – all right, let's go to the corners. they got three legit corners. Yes. Akeem Tlaib, B, Chris Harris Jr. Their safeties are T.J. Ward and Darian Stewart. And they did have Bruton as a backup. Right. Their linebackers: Trevathan, uh, Marshall, Brandon Marshall, uh, Von Miller is the other linebacker. Right? And then you got Demarcus Ware, Wolf. Malik Jackson, uh, and I'm uh, missing Sylvester Williams Shaquille a D Barrett. Tackle. Shaquille Barrett's a backup, Shane Ray's Vance a backup. Walker. Yes, exactly right. So it's just unreal. You have a lot of depth at every position. The depth is phenomenal, so they never get tired. That's why the pass rush was still
0: awesome in the fourth I mean, quarter shoot, of that game. I mean, sure, they lost both of their safeties, and K.O. comes in, and KO he's and making plays. and Bush place. came in,
2: and they both did very well. Exactly right. So their depth, that is John Elway, and that's where he deserves a lot unreal, of credit. Unreal, man. That is an unbelievable defense. That's uh, probably why he's saying it's the best in thirty years because he
0: built that. (laughs) You're you're right. It's a special defense. So you really look at them. Like have you ever seen a beatdown of tackles like you saw from Von Miller and Demarcus Ware? No, certainly not in New England. I've never seen a snap. And two guys already best. They got no. it was
2: every play. And I think that Cannon and Volker. Well, they fired the offensive line coach, which so yeah, I, I which think
0: Ian he, Rappaport was the first one to report. You're exactly that. right. And yeah.
2: I, I think he probably would have been fired regardless. I think the performance got him fired within 24
0: I hours. I also think that he was in when you're replacing Dante Scarnecchia, who they still have come out and scout for right, them. Right. So it, it's that's replacing someone that Bill Belichick respects. You're never going to live up this to that. Is where, but that was really bad. Bad. This, and this is where, I mean, if there's ever a chance for us to
2: be critical of Bill Belichick, because I'm not going to get into the whole field goal at the end of the game. Bill Belichick knows what the hell he's doing. But if you're going to criticize Bill Belichick about that on Sunday... Why did they never change their protection plan? I At don't understand once. that. Now, why did you never have a back chip, the, the DeMarcus Ware, Von Miller? Never an extra tight end. No None Scott of that, Chandler, yeah. Right? Okay, so that, why did you never do that? They kind
0: of ran the same offense, the five wide for like no 75% of the and game. And then if
2: I was going to jump on Josh McDaniels and Brady, the snap count was the same every play. So They
0: were jumping the snap every play. They were all
2: over. I, when I was watching film, I had to literally slow frame it sometimes because I was like, man, he looks like he's off sides. And then you'd go frame by frame, and no, they were perfect. And that's very rare for a Tom Brady and a veteran quarterback to constantly let them get that jump. Tablet gate. I'm not going to say that. The
0: tablet issue. Yeah. Could that have played into any of this? I don't think so,
2: no. And everything we've heard is the tablets were working and they just had to plug them into the actual. The the other
0: thing that I wanted to say was, um, man, I can't remember what I was going to say. The New England offense couldn't get it going. Denver's defense. Oh, the six-minute field goal. Yes. The, the, The reason that that argument doesn't hold weight, that drive. Right. If if you think about what New England did, they couldn't get anything accomplished the entire time. The only touchdown they got with the missed extra point was off of the lateral they challenged. Right. That drive was six minutes left. It's there's six minutes left in the game. And you're down eight, and this is the first drive that you've had that's really had any substance. Yes. Exactly. For you to have fourth and one, you kind of have to go for it. Right. For you to think you're going to put another drive together and still get another touchdown. Totally understand. You kind of had some momentum because that drive was pulling teeth. Right. And he's yeah. He's probably figuring he's
2: got two. He's got. He's going to get the ball one more time plus that. I don't think he was thinking. I'm going to get the ball two more times yes. after that's what I think is really Payton the curveball in times, the situation. Yeah. Yes.
0: Uh, Brady's performance on that last drive, I thought was incredible. It was What a did lot. you think as a quarterback? Yeah, it
2: was incredible. Just the the pocket presence, the ability to get the ball out of his hands. It reminded me a lot of the drive he had at the end of the first time they played, where everybody was hurt. Scott, but Chandler he rolled his outside, way down, down the field. Yeah. Right. Uh, it was very similar to that. But he had like two Amazing. or three plays where
0: he should have been sacked. The biggest thing
2: about the whole drive, oh. the touchdown, is he did have Gronk open on the two-point conversion. Very odd that he did not really look at I Gronk. I don't understand where you have
0: two big plays on that drive. Yeah, The over-the-top throw to Gronk, the play where Gronk makes a play in the end zone. And if he is under pressure, right. and if you're under pressure and it cuts out all your angles... Wouldn't you want to lob it up to Gronk? Uh, he, wouldn't that be the number he's one He's almost
2: one of his biggest flaws is in big situations. I go, man, he can never get off a of Gronk. It's always Gronk, Gronk, Gronk. Let I me mean, jam and the the one Gronk. time. He tries to you no know, one in time, element. but that's what pressure does. That's like when you're under. But con- it's
0: Brady, bro. I
2: understand, but that's why ta- You know, Aaron Rodgers missed throws a few right. times this year. It, when you're having to do so much by yourself, yeah. the game gets faster. You see ghosts of time. You're not comfortable. You get off the first read a hair quicker and than he you get probably to the second. was with the pass rush. Talk he was facing enough, that was one of the you know my my dad, after the game, said that in the big game, that was the biggest beating he'd ever seen a quarterback taking. And twenty-three
0: the, hits, twenty-three the most hits he's taken. All right, right. Speaking of a hit, we got a hit with us. Fendrick, introduce the man.
1: Our guest today, Ian rappaport of the NFL Network. He is an NFL media insider, and you can follow him on Twitter at RapSheet. Uh, The NFL Network is providing live coverage of the Senior Bowl this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. So that's our guest today, Ian Rappaport. Lefko, you can take it away. You You
0: did a great job. What's going on, Ian? Thanks for joining us, brother. What's happening, guys? How are you? Oh, man, what are you, holding your cell phone or your computer outside the hotel
2: room?
3: I got my my cell phone. We are uh, on a street
2: corner in Mobile right now. You look like you're on a street corner. I've spent most of my life on the street corners. So this is very, this is like home for me. It's like home. Good.
3: All right, uh, go ahead. Leave yeah, it off. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm curious. So you're down there. NFL Network, of course, you're going to have the coverage all week, and then of course Saturday. Have the draft rumors started already? Like, when does that process start? Of all the buzz.
3: Um, you know, really, it starts after free agency, um, and you know, I, I guess probably at the combine will be a little bit. But you know, I think one thing that we sort of, as a media group. Uh, meaning like all the people who cover football have realized is that nothing really means anything. <laughs> so, you know, we'll go to the combine, people talk to players, and you'll hear rumors, this team likes this guy. And I think, I think most of us now realize in this sort of social media age that there's more information out there. There's also more nonsense out there. Mm. It's like teams don't even set smoke screens anymore because someone's probably just going to report it anyway without you even having to leak it. So I think most of us kind of realize that there's not a lot to really, really dig into until after free agency.
0: Yeah, I think the one thing right now is explaining to, to football fans out there who they should care about. So just from the GMs yeah. you've yeah. talked to and stuff, who are the big names that the NFL teams are excited to see down there?
3: Well, I think the, the biggest name uh, is Carson Wentz, you know, a quarterback from a small school who doesn't have a lot of experience playing the position uh, up in North Dakota, which is amazing. Um and I think people just want to see him. You know, we've, we've heard about him. We know he's a good prospect. Um, certainly could be the first quarterback come off the board, depending on where Paxton Lynch and Crazy. Goff and all those guys come out. But I think that's probably the most interesting is just what is he actually going to look like? You know, it's, it's rare to get a big, big-time quarterback down here in Mobile. Um, so I think everyone's just kind of excited to see him. That's cool. Yeah,
2: he's got to be the biggest 1AA quarterback since Joe Flacco, right? I mean, at least in my – yeah. My... yeah,
3: and and that's sort of the comparison you get. He's a big, tall guy, um, got a big arm, you know, probably not as – certainly not as experienced as Flacco was and a little bit more of a, a question mark. But uh, they do get the comparisons. Uh, they do make those comparisons, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Right. Okay. All right. I, I want to ask something a little bit more personal to you because I was working with the New England Patriots just as you were – kind of getting out and following them uh, on a daily basis and going to the NFL network. I want to know, one, uh, how did you kind of make a name for yourself, connections, really become this uh, insider like a Chris Mortensen or an Adam Scheffner? And two, I want to know what it was like for you to follow the rest of the NFL and realize how different New England was once you got to see the other 31 football teams. Yeah, I think
3: I probably had the same realization that – you know, that you did, Chris, I mean, it was just, it's very different, and, and I think, obviously, you know, when you cover New England, you sort of, especially for me, like, I covered Alabama, which is different, I covered the Patriots, which is different, but you sort of, you sort of, you, you get deep into it, and you sort of figure out, you think that, that other places are like that, but they're really not. Like, in some places, assistants are very friendly. They right. talk to you, and right. and share info, and just, it's not like that in New England, And and they've been successful doing it that way for a long time, but um, it was interesting to me to to realize when you get sort of outside that bubble, how many people will talk.
2: Right. I used to be amazed that yeah. you would have stories about New England. I'd be like, man, he must be a good guy because I don't know anybody in this building that talks in New yeah. England, let alone talk to a media guy.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's been a very – it's weird uh, sort of leaving New England and then reporting on them and trying to figure out like who actually talks to who. I mean, it's a very, it's a very interesting and strange environment. But then, you know, the other stuff was just getting to meet people and building relationships. And um, it's a pretty good NFL group as far as just scouts and coaches and GMs and all that. So uh, mostly, it's just kind of talking to people about football, which
0: I really like. A follow-up to that Patriots one: the allure of the mysteriousness of of the Patriots. How much do you think that leads to their success compared to the other franchises?
3: Um, I think it leads to the coverage. I'm not sure it leads to success, okay. but I think there's a lot of people who are just interested in what they do, how they do it. You know, because if you tell people everything, it's like when when a team will have a big story and they'll be really upfront about it. Just put it all out there. Well, that sort of ends the intrigue. You know, I remember when the Jets basically announced that Geno Smith got punched in the face by his teammate, they walked to the podium, announced it. We all talked about it for an hour or two, and that was kind of it. They took away all the intrigue by announcing it. Mm. With the Patriots, it's the opposite there's always intrigue forever. Like this thing with Dave DiGuglielmo happened yesterday where, you know, they decided to part ways with him and everything. They probably will not announce that. Right, because his contract up, they just, they probably just won't. It's just the That's just. That's
0: how the they do, do it. Things. Right. A little different. Yeah. Right. I love it. What one, one thing that I know was a buzz the last few weeks? I was super excited. I'm an Eagles fan. How close was Tom Coughlin to becoming the Eagles coach? Um,
3: I think when when he was set to have another meeting with them, by that point, I did not get the sense it was really close. I think at one point, like if. If Ben McAdoo was gonna be his offensive coordinator, then I could have seen him him absolutely taking the Eagles mm. job. And Spaggs and the whole crew. Once McAdoo got hired in New York, and he sort of lost all his assistance. And then I think it became right. something that was just not realistic. You know, I, I think he sort of realized like you know, putting his staff together is basically half the coaching interview. He didn't have one. That was a big issue. That was a big mm. problem.
2: I want to ask you about one other coach, coaching candidate, you know, just because he's such a polarizing figure right now, Chip Kelly. I mean, what was the overall NFL interest in him? It just uh, as a whole hiring him, the thoughts, some of the things maybe you heard behind the scenes when, when he was free. Yeah.
3: You know, there wasn't really any interest besides the 49ers, which is something I was really surprised with. Um, but, you know, I think, uh is it because of, like, the college years.
2: atmosphere and all that? What is What are the things you think that scares teams from pursuing a guy like Chip?
3: I think the main issue is that if you're a GM, you might hire the guy who's going to take right. all the power away from you right. and and sort of take your job away. Right. You know, because – and that's like Howie Roseman was a big hero for hiring Chip Kelly. Two years later, you know, he, he basically was not the GM anymore. Right. Now he's back in the mix. But, you know, two years later, he's basically not the GM because Chip – Took it away from him, and that's and that's the scary thing, you know. So if you don't want to be the next GM to hire the guy who's going to eventually take your job, yeah. Uh, but with the 49ers, you know, I think it makes sense if they decide to hold on to Kaepernick. Um, then I think it will make more sense. But if he's not going to be the GM, he's just going to coach. I think there's a lot to like there. And remember, he won 10 games two years
0: in a row. That's yep. not nothing. No doubt. Oh, I'm, I'm very well aware. Yeah. I'm, I feel like he's going to dominate in San Francisco. Uh, you, you have It's been fun to watch you really go fist to fist with the, the big guys ESPN and, and really put your big stake in the ground. I think one of the things that you did really well was all of what was going on in Denver. Sims, I mean, we've been alluding to it all year that, man, it is contentious. And now I find it so interesting that Peyton – Got through those games and led this way. What was the atmosphere like, and and what was that process of coming to grips with Peyton and that whole relationship with Kubiak and Elway?
3: Yeah, it's hard, and and I think that you know we all sort of want everything to be like sort of fairy tale roses and everything, but it's in real life, it's not like that. Like Peyton Manning got benched, and then when he came back, they wanted to have him be the backup. Like that's really hard for a guy who's been the best at everything he's done ever. Right. He wasn't happy about it which is no crime. Like, why would you be? You know, if Tom Brady was benched, do you think he'd be out there smiling and shaking hands? No, he'd be tearing up the training room. Yeah. You know, so I think it was really hard. They finally got him to do it. And probably no surprise that on that day that he was finally the backup, they inserted him into the lineup. But, you know, it's like his relationship with Brock. Like, I think he helps. Um, I think there's a lot, you know, good stuff happening there. But it wasn't right away because you're not – it is just not the nature in the NFL to help the guy who's trying to take your job. Where yeah. do
0: you, where do you think it's, it is now? If that's where the relationship was, where do you think it is now?
3: Payton's the starter, so it's yeah. probably where it was before this, which is a young, up and coming quarterback who doesn't get the chance to show that he's got it on the main stage. But you know, to in talking about Brock though, I mean, he had his opportunities. That's part of the problem is is uh, he could have taken the job, never let it go. Mm. It just he left the door open for Peyton Manning, and Manning kicked it right down.
0: One thing I'm always interested in is when all of the national media has a story that's coming up, and you're all going to fight to break it, which Peyton comes out there and goes, he says the comments to Belichick, you know, that I'm going to be riding off in the sunset, or this could be my last rodeo. Everyone knows that a Peyton Manning decision, whether it's I'm going to retire or I'm playing another year, is coming. As a national insider, do you go, hey man, we're we're gonna get a lot of people on this. Like, how do you prepare to fight for that news? Well,
3: I think with with this one, it's it's tough. You know, basically, you just you call everyone you know who might know. But Peyton is very in control of his own message; has always been. My sense is that we're not gonna know. Like, we're not gonna probably know until he steps on the podium at the Super Bowl, if if he gets that opportunity. Otherwise, it'll probably be a couple weeks after. Um, you know, I don't. I mean, I, I would be surprised if he was back another year. Um,
2: I also think you he's know, crazy if he announces that at the Super Bowl because that will be a distraction for his team.
3: Yeah, but, you know, he could be—he could do what Jerome Bettis did and stand on the 50-yard line. Thank you. Um,
2: what,
3: who was that you guy? Know, stand, he, a guy offered me a ride.
2: Oh, nice. Hey, uh, all right, so. I'm uh, <laughs> not um, sure who he was. A little – yeah, I know. You look like you're in front of the OK Corral over there, so uh... – we got, got to run in about a minute, but – All right, last one. Right. Last thing. We just want to talk – just maybe some names that you think could be interesting free agent-wise. you think there's any big names out there that could be cap casualties that we're not thinking of? Any rumors out there that you've heard of? Well,
3: you know, I think the main ones to watch, you know, Arian Foster. Right. Uh, if he's healthy again. Kaepernick is another one. And then Sam Bradford. I mean – you know, and you got some other really big names like Alshon. You know, where is Alshon Jeffrey going to go? Doug Martin. I mean, there's some big names, but you guys know. I mean, it's all about the quarterback. So, where is Colin Kaepernick going to go? Is he staying in San Francisco? Is he not? Um, as you hear this incredibly loud truck, going <laughs> oh, yes, Budweiser.
0: Oh. Hey, Budweiser will take you as a sponsor. Yes. A great American logger, Ian Rappaport, thank you for the time. Enjoy Mobile. Uh, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for being a bro. Talk good to love. you, dude. Be good, man. Take care, guys.
2: Thank All you. Right. See ya. He's got a pretty steady hand uh, for just yeah, holding this computer impressive. in front of his face. I want
1: to know if he was doing that it was like in front of the style. OK Corral. a See <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> Mobile, Alabama. Mobile. That, I know exactly where, is, right? where he was. Yeah. I know okay. exactly where he was. Really? Yeah, I knew he was on the street as soon as we started the interview.
1: Um... It's the the. Have Peyton you been Manning, there since you were in the Senior Bowl?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I did. I went. I had to go with New England, and I went. Um, I went another year, actually, the year I was out of football. That's the Senior Bowl is great to go network with coaches. That's yeah. what you see a lot. You see a lot of coaches who are looking for a job at the Senior Bowl They're as well. Drinking and, and just meet trying each to. Other. Yeah, right.
0: Right. All right. So we ended that talking about Peyton Manning. And talking about whether or not he's going to retire. Yeah. Uh, So NFL Network, I believe, caught audio of him leaning into Bel Belichick and saying, hey, listen, this might be my last rodeo, so it sure has been a pleasure. Yes. They denied it. You know, of course, not realizing that there's going to be boom mics and audio right. and all that stuff. Well,
2: I really thought from this when we saw it, I thought that's. I never saw him talk to Tom Brady you that long. You just said
0: because you saw him leaning in for that long.
2: That long. Usually it's good game, great job, and that's it. It's uh, But for the fact that Peyton took a little extra time, that made me believe that he was kind of saying something like.
0: In those situations after the game, is it the winning person's decision about how long you talk?
2: Yes, it usually is. The losing guy just wants to shake his hand and get the and get hell, the out, hell out, of out of there. right? Yeah, yes. but if the winning like, guy Tom wants to sit like there. It, Tom wanted to be like, okay, you done? i got to get in the locker room. Yeah, <laughs>
0: but Peyton's like patting him on the shoulder yeah, right. and all that well, stuff.
2: Peyton has great respect for Tom, um, which So
0: – First of all, Peyton, who apparently the last few years has been called the Sheriff. Has he always been called the Sheriff?
2: Yeah, for the last 15 years.
0: His whole career. Really? I know at least since my rookie year in the NFL. I like have only been hearing about it
2: since he got to Denver. We, we played the Colts my rookie year in the NFL. That was the game where he had the Monday night fourth quarter comeback we were down. Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, that whole week was Gruden going, we got the Sheriff coming into town, the Sheriff coming into town. And one of the best things about that is we're, we go up by 21, four and a half minutes left in the game oh, roughly. I remember this. And Brad Johnson came over to the sidelines and him and Gruden were hugging there. Yeah, we got the sheriff. We you know, we
0: f- took him down. Yeah. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Game tied. Overtime, we lost. <laughs> that was an unbelievable game. It was unbelievable. The yes. the Bucks had some incredible games for the time, but but Peyton used to do that all the time. Yes. Now that was the regular season. Right. And that was what Peyton did in the regular season. Sure. But then the playoffs came and Peyton was bad Peyton. And what's crazy to me is when you look at it now. He's 3 and 1 in conference games. Pull up pull up I'm sorry. Yeah, fine. 3 and 1. Pull up Brady's playoff
2: stats and pull up Tam, uh, Peyton Manning's playoff stats.
0: Manning is 3 and 1 in conference games. Right. He has now have a 3 and 2 head-to-head record against Tom Brady in, the, in playoffs. the playoffs, right? Uh I think now he's like 6 and 11 against Tom Brady, but that's the regular season. Sure. But what's <laughs> crazy is I feel sorry. like for the last 15 years, Right. I had lived in a world in which Tom Brady was a great playoff quarterback right. and Peyton Manning was not a great playoff quarterback. Right. And I look at it now, and if Peyton Manning were to win another Super Bowl, so he's a two-time Super Bowl winner, mm-hmm. and you factor in those other stats, 15 to 20 years from now, when you look back at those stats, the legacy of Peyton, I feel like, has completely changed. And it happened in, like, three years. Right. And one of those years was a Denver getting blown out in the Super Bowl. Sure, But... You look back 30 years from now, and you start talking. People use statistics to talk about things. The legacy of Peyton has changed. What what do you think the legacy of Peyton has has gone into at this
2: point? Yeah, the legacy does not change for me no matter what. I don't care what happens if he throws 10 interceptions in the Super Bowl. It does not matter. I mean, his Super Bowl performance against the Seahawks two years ago was one of the worst performances in the history of quarterbacks. in football. That was one of the greatest offenses ever. But we kind of let it off the hook because it was Seattle, and Peyton was a little older. Um, First of all, I bet you if you look at Peyton Manning and Tom Brady's playoff stats, they're probably very close. Tom Brady is not as clutch as people think. Pro
1: Football Talk published an article today. Brady and Peyton have remarkably similar postseason stats. That's really funny. Uh, Manning's uh, career postseason passer rating, 88.1. Brady, 88.0. There you go. Manning completion percentage in the postseason, 63. Brady is 62. Right. Uh, They are 1-2 in NFL history in postseason attempts, completions, and yards. There you go. Uh, Yeah,
2: so they're pretty much... People. so Peyton's going to lose out
1: because he's going to— touchdowns
0: versus picks? Does it say that?
1: Let's see. Yeah, so Brady is 56-28. to 28. Manning is 40-24. to 24. Okay. 56-28, more 24
0: Yeah, and Brady's played in
2: more games, so yes. that's going to happen. But, okay, so, yeah, there you go. I do think that is—this one... is a great conversation because there's no right answer. Who's better? Manning, Brady, whatever. For either way, they're both top three, definitely top five all time. I mean, Elway's in that mix— uh, Montana? Montana is in the mix. Sure. Marino as well. Um, I'd put Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. Plain and simple. Physical skills, there's nobody better than Aaron gotcha. Rodgers. But I also know there's more that encompasses that, and we all look at wins and stats. Yes. But um, Manning, we've talked about this a lot. He's a little bit of a victim of his own greatness, just like uh, LeBron James. He took some teams to the number one seed in the AFC playoffs that were like 10 and 6 teams. But since he was so awesome and clutch in the end of games in the regular season, they ended up being 13 and 3 or 14 and 2 when they really
0: weren't that quality. The number of a football two team. guy is right. Not even so that great. their
2: greatness came back to hurt. His own greatness came back to hurt him because then he loses to the five seed in the division. Oh, there's Peyton struggling in the playoffs again. Right. No, they were really a five seed. He was just so awesome in the regular season. They ended up being the number one yeah. seed. Uh, so I think you have to take that into account. You also, when you have a discussion about Manning and Brady, you have to discuss. I mean, the, Brady's way, defenses. the way Peyton won uh, this past Sunday is the way Brady won at least his first two Super Bowls. It was really through the defense run game, manage the game, make one or two big throws, and just don't f it up, Tom. Yeah. That's how he won Super Bowls. So he got a, a period of breaking in as an NFL quarterback. Peyton Manning from day one was, hey, Peyton... You're the number one pick. We need you to throw for 350 and four touchdowns, or we cannot win the football game. Right. And I put a lot of stock into that. And that's why, in my just player to player, I think Peyton Manning's the greatest quarterback ever. I would put him over Tom Brady. I'm not going to get into this rings conversation. I'm so sick of that crap. You know I am. Well, yeah, because if that were the case, Brad Bradshaw and Joe
0: Montana would be the two best quarterbacks. Phil Simmons is better than Dan Marino. Get over it. That's right. If you're going by right. rings. And that's not true. Dan uh, Marino. in terms better. of him retiring, it's interesting because. This will now become, I believe, one of the main stories of the Super Bowl. Is is Peyton Manning's career Who over? Who do you think's better, though? Who would you take? I have Manning always, or Brady? I have always said I'd take Manning. Okay, just because of his pre-snap ability, and there was that five-six year part where. Um, he was unstoppable. this unstoppable force right. where he would just call out things but the scrimmage. It was incredible. Now, I really though. have a hard time separating Brady from Belichick. That's the part. But of I give Brady a lot of the credit. Yes, you okay. know. But like Tony Dungy. Is not an offensive guy. He's not guy. Bill Belichick. You know, I don't care. Bill Belichick. Jim Caldwell is not right. a great quarter. A coach. Brady
2: gets the game plan and goes, "Okay, coach, this is what we'll do." Now, now Brady should not be demeaned the, for that. I know. Brady, Brady's
0: of inventory of offense, as you say, his ability to recall is a yeah. lot better than people realize. Right. And we saw on Sunday his ability to make big throws when it matters right. is pretty freaking right. incredible. But Peyton Manning, I felt like was always at a different level. It always felt like Peyton versus the world. I have not enjoyed how Peyton plays the media. I have not enjoyed how he controls the message, and I find him to be a little bit too rooted in ego, but I will say these last few weeks, I've been very impressed that he's been able to step back and go, I'll be a game manager. That was really impressive to me. Now, my question is, Peyton's either going to dominate the news cycle for the next two weeks, and then you're going to get Cam and Dabbing, and it's going to be all out on the other side. If Peyton wins or loses, does that impact whether or not he comes back? Uh I don't think it does either way. No. If Peyton plays well or plays poorly, mm. no matter the wins, if Peyton has a Seattle Seahawks, does he go, Well shoot, I can game manage for a whole season. This defense is coming back. We'll franchise Von Miller, we'll sign Demarcus Ware to a one year deal. I think if he has a horrible game
2: and sh the bed for lack of a better phrase, uh then I think he's going to retire for sure if he plays horribly. Really? Because I think then it's going to be over. There's going to be nobody. Everyone's just going, go, eh. he just can't do it. He had that great defense. He had two top 12 receivers in football, yeah. and he couldn't get done. It's officially over. If he wins – I think that's when you could see the glimmer. Stop it! I think that's when because he, he's going to go. Well, I, I can come back and manage.
0: It's got to be really hard football. to win the biggest game and then call it quits to do the Elway. But it, but, but he's playing he for the same regardless. franchise and the guy that started this whole <laughs> no, thing. Great. John Elway was the one who it's made great. made the riding off into the sunset thing a possibility. Yeah, yeah. So you got to think Elway and Manning will sit down. Right. And Manning, I mean, I know that it's a contentious relationship, right. but you got to think he's going to go, John. What do you think? Yeah. And I, John's going to go. I won back-to-back, back. so if you want to leave after one, that's cool.
2: Well, I think John's going to think about it, too, because I, I doubt the Broncos are just sold, that Osweiler is the answer. So Crazy I Crazy how
0: that relationship has changed in three weeks. It has, certainly has changed. Winning is the cure of all, oh, my gosh. my son. Um, one thing that is not the cure of all is the Pro Bowl. That is, of course, this week. I want to read you some names, and I want you to tell me if they're Pro Bowl players. Let's go to this ISO cam, because they're really good wor- ones. I
2: think some even, it's gotten even worse since we've been here.
0: Teddy Bridgewater, Tyrod Taylor, Sean Lee, Brent Grimes, Latavius Murray, Eli Manning, safety Mike Adams, just a few. These are guys that are now pro bowlers because they were alternates. You should, Teddy Bridgewater's not a pro bowler. Eli Manning's not a pro bowler. No, he's not. He's not. Right. Latav- Tyrod Taylor, Latavius Murray. Jameis Winston's in the pro bowl now. Yeah, I think he just got out of That was one I left off the list. Well, because that's fine.
2: I understand. But. but he was not a top. 10. I, I mean, we're, we're down to the top. What? They're, they've the top ten have been skipped. You we're had, these, 12 These are guys in like your 20 for right.
0: rankings, <laughs> right? But like. I, the reason that I get upset is I know everyone's going to say the Pro Bowl doesn't mean anything, but when we start talking about Tyrod Taylor a little bit later, we go three-time Pro Bowler Tyrod Taylor. Right. I mean, we're over here arguing about Kevin Green trying to get to the Hall of Fame, and one of the things you use is nine- or ten-time Pro Bowler right. Kevin Green. Right. So, I, to me, it just waters it down. Stop calling the guys Pro Bowlers. They're just called alternates. You should get like a half a game check or something. Nah. Well, that's part of the reason you think the game's not that good is because the game checks are so low. Well,
2: well, no, that, the, the exactly right. And I also would say that's why the NFL playoffs are awesome. Yeah, a guy like Peyton Manning are taking, like, he makes a million dollars a game, let's just say. Uh, yeah, he's taking a pay cut, but, like, Malik Jackson, who's making the the rookie minimum contract still? No, this is, like, free game checks. He's getting an extra 25, 30, Forty-five. You win the Super Bowl. I think you get eighty. So wow. when it's all said and done, that's very motivating and to a guy that's making four hundred thousand for the year. Right. And now you're making. I'm making an extra hundred and fifty thousand. And your thing 000? is the Pro Bowl.
0: The Pro Bowl's not paying them enough to well, care. Well, the Pro
2: Bowl's the stars are it. And all those names you said they're all being paid. Them making fifty thousand dollars is not going to let would say. Oh, I'm going to go put it out on the line today. Yeah, because as Spencer was saying,
0: you could risk your career for [SSSSSSSSSSR2] your career could be over one one fortieth of your actual game. [SSSSSSSSSSSSR2] Exactly right. Yes. So
2: it's it's the dumbest event we have in American sports. It's the dumbest. I will not watch one second. And I don't know if you know anybody that breathes football more than me, especially NFL. And I'm, I,
0: I will refuse. we have, We both agree uh, we're not going to do the whole how do you fix the Pro Bowl. It should be a skills competition. Yes. We could do a Bleacher Report sponsored one. We do a quarterback challenge. Right. We have them running. Fastest throw. man in football. Fastest man in Power, football. Most powerful d we They d should lineman. just do the combine <laughs> for now. First of all, I think they should do the combine every year so we can know what is Charles Woodson's actual 40 time right now. How high can he jump right, right now? Right. I'd love that. The combine would be great because yeah. that's what we're fascinated with. Yeah. Is how incredible athletes these are. Yeah,
2: but, no doubt. Yeah. I, I think it's an interesting. And then the other thing you don't want to talk about in professional sports that's driving me crazy right now, I, this is off topic, but I'm just so sick of people questioning people like Bill Belichick. I just can't take it anymore. The guy is in the office 19 hours a day for 365 days of the year, and we're going to question his thought process in his 10th AFC championship game. On, uh, with the possibility of going to the seventh Super Bowl, but John Smith, you know, from the middle of nowhere is going to tweet that Bill Belichick's an idiot. It's driving me crazy, the experts we have in the world right now, when some people have learned and studied from great people and have actual knowledge of the situation. And it just amazes me. It's the world me. we live in. It y- is you, it's crazy. You get freaked
0: out about Snapchat where everyone has to have an opinion and oh, a voice. That's oh, my gosh. Uh, speaking of which, that leads right into uh, Fendrick doing the uh, download today.
1: Uh, You guys don't want to answer any Twitter questions? Uh, Okay.
2: We had a couple good ones.
0: All right, let's do it. I I mean, you are the producer. Why do you you make something happen? I
1: just want to get one Twitter question in from Seahawk Scout because I think it's good and it'll be a conversation we have over the next two weeks. So, Seahawk Scout uh, tweeted in. Who do you guys think are the under-the-radar Super Bowl MVP candidates? Other than Cam, other than Peyton. He threw out T.J. Ward, Vaughn, Kurt Coleman, and Greg Olson. Hmm. But he wants to know who you guys think are the under-the-radar MVP Kurt candidates.
2: Vaughn bon and T.J. Ward are good ones. Uh, they certainly I think, are. I
0: think the, the guys that should be getting the award but won't get it like Michael Bennett last year. Yeah, right. Would be k1 Short and, yes. um, Luke and Malik Jackson. Yeah, Malik Jackson. Oh, I could definitely see Luke Keekly doing a pick six yes. on Peyton, and that's right. the guy. You know. uh, of course, if Josh Norman makes a big play, he carries weight. Yeah. Um, I don't think that a Denver wide receiver could win it because I think it would go to Peyton. Yeah. Um, it would have
2: to be like the two game-defining plays, like a yeah. Demaryius Thomas the, went the, up and beat somebody. The true options
0: that I look at it for the Broncos – Yeah. Peyton, right. If a, a CJ Anderson, no one else on the offense because Peyton would steal all of theirs. Yeah, you're right. Malik Jackson and them should get it if right. they play well, but they won't. No. Nope. So a Von Miller, a Demarcus Ware, and then um A secondary guy who maybe a big A secondary guy, guy that makes a big play. Right. And then Carolina, same thing with the wide receivers, it goes back to Cam. Yes. Olson could maybe Olsen be the could, one guy
2: that could if he had if Cam had a just an okay day for his standards and Olson had eight for one fifty. Then maybe also This, to it. me,
0: feels like a Super Bowl made for a late Luke Kuechly pick six that gives it to him, and it was, like, not even that important. He's got two pick sixes thus far. He's, un- he's unreal. You want to take it down low I'm now? I'm ready for the down take low. Take it down. All right, guys, well, no
1: Steven Nelson today, so I'm going to put my down low voice on.
0: Oh. <laughs>
1: my voice has been compared to a warm slice of butter melting on a big old pile of flapjacks. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I just wanted to start it off. Following a 30-point loss to the Golden State Warriors on Monday night, Greg Popovich used his post-game press conference not to discuss his own team's shortcomings, but rather to crack a joke about the Cleveland Cavaliers, saying, quote, I'm glad my general manager wasn't in my locker room, or I might have gotten fired. Let's be honest, guys. Greg Popovich, he's not getting fired anytime soon. Five NBA championships, a three-time coach of the year. So my question for you two is, Greg Popovich, the most
2: secure coach in all of sports, yes or no? So
0: he's certainly in the top two. First guy comes to mind is How did Bill I do? Belichick. Was my voice all right yeah, for that? Yeah, you were phenomenal. That was, I mean, that was awesome. personality. You even knock. You even like locked down Nelson's like pace. His format. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. follows.
1: A, it's a very specific template. Every three
0: week. five championships. <laughs> three time go to the year. Uh, um, Bill Belichick definitely comes to mind because yes. he has complete control. Is there right. anyone else in the NFL that has incredible job security? Ooh.
2: Right now, I, you know, John Harbaugh comes to mind a little bit. I think John's is very secure. They could probably go 2-14 and 14 again this year and he would come back. Okay. Uh, maybe a Sean Payton. But, no, nobody compares to Belichick or Popovich. Baseball, is there anybody there? Maybe
0: Bochy because right. he's won three World Series right. in the last whatever years. Yeah, you're right. That's uh, maybe the Blackhawks it. in hockey because that guy's won a lot. I don't even know his name, but yes. Um, but m- the question that I have with this, too, is so – your job security, you always want to test the limits sometimes. If Bill Belichick went 0-16, could he keep his job? If next season they come back, Brady's healthy, and they go 0-16, right? can Bill Belichick keep his job? Yes, he can. Really?
2: Definitely, yes. He is, he's, worked, he's got enough in the, in, the, in the closet to back him up for two 0-16 oh, years. So I mean, you
0: think Bill Belichick can go 0-16 two years in a row? You go 0-32, and and you still think he'd keep his job.
2: I I think they'd have a hard time. How can you? I I don't
0: think 0-32 is
2: possible. 0-32 might be a stretch, uh, but 0-16 I have no doubt. But you're telling me when
0: it becomes like 0-4, they're going, what the hell's wrong with the Patriots? 0-7, they're going, oh my gosh, their playoff chances are done. But they're still going to say, I wouldn't count the Patriots out yet. At around 0-12, you're telling me that he'd be able to. I just have a hard time...
2: I think Mr. Kraft's a sensible guy, and he'll just go, oh, the guy's been to six Super Bowls. How do you Bowls think Bill and, would
0: handle being Oh, uh, I, I
2: don't even know. That would be unbelievable. He might quit if he I was going to say, do you think he'd resign? He might, he might finally be like, yeah, I'm on to the next phase of my life. I'm obviously not a good coach anymore. I mean, it <laughs> yeah. obviously
0: depends on how the games go, because we think of the, the Detroit Lions team, 0-16, getting blown out. Right. We think of Orlovsky running out the back of the end zone. We think of paper bags over the heads. Either way, it ain't going to happen. But you think he could keep his job? I do. Same what is thing the equivalent if, if, of 0 in like if
2: Popov- Popovich went like ten and seventy-two,
0: yeah, he's staying definitely. Uh, yeah, do you think they'd be able to maintain their their like kind of attitude with the media while doing that? No, because their winning allows them to yes,
2: be a little more shrewd than normal. No, they would they would probably start playing the old friendly card again. And
0: what at what time do the media begin to ask, do you think you should be fired?
2: Uh, what for, week for a guy like Belichick, it would probably be around week ten, I would think. Yeah. But, I mean, come on. Well, he's the man, hands down, the greatest coach of all time. It's really not even close anymore, I don't think. Really? I mean, how can you really argue it? It's an era when they've made it the rules so all teams are equal,
0: and yet one
2: thing we can count on every year yeah. is that New England will be one of the final four
0: teams. Other coaches that are as, as maybe influential as him, first thing that came to me was Paul Brown. Sure, I Coach I feel like for football, mainly NFL, I feel like you have to be an innovator and have success. So like Chuck Knoll, just because of the Super Bowls. Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh. Right. Paul Brown. Yeah. Bill Belichick. Yep. Where else do you go? Uh, Excuse me, um, Parcells. Yeah, Parcells
2: isn't there, certainly. I mean, I think, yeah, uh, Shanahan was there for a little while. Shanahan was doing things on offense and did win back-to-back Super Bowls. I mean... But, yeah, as a whole, I think that's a very short it's, list. It's Belichick. Yeah, I mean, Belichick to
0: me is he- hands, head and shoulders above the rest of um, We are going to have an awesome time this Sunday. You, me, Fendrick, everybody pretty much is going to be going to San Francisco for the Super Bowl. This is the plan. Tuesday we're shooting the podcast on Radio Row. Right. And if people walk by, cool guests, we're going to grab them and throw them on. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're going to be at Radio Row, and we're going to be doing like podcast shorts. So we're going to be sitting down with athletes, actors, NFL, NBA, whoever's there, and they're probably going to be pitching stuff, so just we're going to... Say that right in the front. Yep. But it's going to be like podcast shorts. So whether it's like 10-minute things, we're going to put them up on the website. The really good audio ones we'll put on iTunes, too, so that you guys can listen. Uh, and the entire time. We'll have it at all the spots. We'll have it on all the spots. Podcast shorts. Uh, if you I'm do I'm really Snapchat, excited to see
1: what Sims is like in an airport. Oh, I'm excited. I'm really oh, looking forward I've to that. I've been there.
0: Uh, if you if you're in a Snapchat, follow me on Snapchat at Adam Lefco. I will be doing my best to kind of capture the craziness from Sims and Lefko in the airport right. to Sims and Lefko at Radio Row. It should be a lot of fun. Always please subscribe on iTunes. It's been great. Uh, and if you have questions for Super Bowl week, instead of tweeting to at Sims Lefko, give us five stars because you know we deserve it. And write <laughs> instead of a review, write a question. Fendrick will go through, get all the questions, and we'll spend some time on the Super Bowl radio row answering questions, the ones we find in the reviews. Uh, and I want to say one thing before we quickly go. Steven Nelson not here. He's actually going to be down in Mobile, Alabama, for the Senior Bowl. He missed a little bit. We want to send our best wishes out to his family, uh, Pop, uh, Mama Nelson. We love you very much. Our hearts are with you. Shoots, Nelson, we love you. And uh, I'm glad to hear that everything's good. Yeah. So it's great. Get better, Mama Nelson. Uh, give, give them the old... Peace out, homies. Fendry, say goodbye. Adios, everyone. Mm, that was a good one. All uh, right, Pellegrino. Did
1: they miss the salute? Try <laughs> to do it again? There it is. <laughs>
0: they missed it again. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs>
2: Pellegrino's right. dirty, dirty ring was in there. bubble fingers in the dirty wire. Come on, control, control room. Control room, you guys are Where the are best. Are oh, oh. Yeah, there's Jake texting Jake's on away. the Tinder.
0: Jake's, Jake's on the Tinder. Swipe right, Jake swiping. No, Jake is looking up the next Arctic Monkeys concert. Uh, Awesome episode 49. And what do you know? The Super Bowl 50. We'll be doing episode 50 of the Sims and Leftco podcast on Radio (laughs) Row in San Francisco. Santa Clara. I don't know where it's going to be. In San Francisco. But it should be awesome. Thanks for the support. We love you and we'll see you next week.